0: Shalom. Uh, All the four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, recorded Jesus overturning the tables in the temple. When he saw those opportunistic and unscrupulous money changers selling pigeons for a profit turning the house of God into a commercial enterprise. And Jesus said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. I wonder if Jesus would walk into our church today. If he would be just as righteously angry as he did in that temple that day? Would he find our church a house of prayer? Or would he have to rebuke us with something like this My house shall be called a house of prayer, but we have made it a stage for entertainers my house shall be called a house of prayer but we make it a center for self-help my house shall be called a house of prayer but we make it a shopping mall for indulgence my house shall be called a house of prayer but we make it a social media for consumers of religious goods and services. I mean, what would Jesus say about us? Would he find Geylang Evangelical Free Church a house of prayer? As we continue our study of Second Thessalonians, We turn our attention this morning again to prayer in the church. This morning we will look to Paul's word in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 5, where Paul both asks for prayers from the Thessalonians and he prays for the Thessalonians. Now make no mistake about it. One of the most powerful weapons we have as a believer in God is prayer. Sadly, sometimes we treat God as an app on our iPhone when the truth is that he is the OS. So do not treat prayer to God as only a helpline. Regard prayer as a lifeline. So as Paul wraps up his epistle of 2 Thessalonians, in chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, first of all, he urges the church to pray for him and those to preach the word of God. So firstly, in verse 1 and verse 2 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, prayer for the preacher of the word of God. Uh, let me read Second Thessalonians chapter three, verses one and two. As for other matters, or oh, one more thing, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. Paul says one more thing, pray for us, pray for us. Paul frequently elicited, enlisted, us prayer, support from the churches for his ministry. Paul asked for prayer and so do I. And I believe all our pastors here who preachers, including one way pray for us. Why? Because it is a spiritual battle. Every time God's word is being preached. It's not easy to preach because the devil, Satan, attacks the preacher and also the people being preached to. So blessed indeed is the pastor, the preacher, who seeks who asks for and who receives the continuing prayer of the people and specifically here paul asks them to pray that the message of the lord may spread rapidly literally here is a picture of the importance and the urgency of god's word running free reign free and rapid so as to reach more and more people that's the idea here so let's pray that god's word may be preached here not only in this church but everywhere and at all times that the word of god will go rushing forth reaching more and more people Now notice that the apostle paul didn't say pray for our programs he didn't say pray for our projects he didn't say pray for our fire plan paul says pray for our preaching of the word paul knew that the success of his ministry was due to god's blessing his word as he preach it. Today much church work is directed by human plans and programs. Instead of trusting that God's word will accomplish God's work. That God's word will accomplish God's work. Paul not only asks that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly as it already had as evidence in the book of Acts, but he also asks that it will be received with the honour that it deserved. Question is, how may the message of the Lord not only spread rapidly but also be honoured? Look at verse 2. Verse 2 speaks of asking for deliverance from wicked and evil people because not everyone has faith. Who were these wicked and evil people? They were Paul's enemies at Corinth where he ministered. Men who were perverse, men who were aggressively unrighteous in their opposition of him and of his preaching the gospel. Listen, rejecting the Lord's message and persecuting those who preach the Lord's Lord's message is the most obvious form of not honoring the Lord's message. You get it? Rejecting the Lord's message and persecuting those who preach the Lord's message is the most obvious form of not honoring honoring the Lord's message. So in requesting prayer for deliverance from such wicked and evil people who have no faith in the gospel, the focus was not so much for Paul's personal deliverance as it was for, as he requested here for the ministry of the word of the Lord that he might have speedy and unhindered progress as men honor the Lord's message by responding to it in faith and by obedience to the Lord's message. So really what we have here in verses one and two, we see how Paul and his apostolic team of Timothy and Silas humbly turned to the church members to pray for their ministry. This shows the need and the importance of pastors asking for prayer support from the church and and the need and the importance for the church to be praying for their pastors. You know, Karen, our church administrator, faithfully produced for us what's called the church bulletin. Now, she prepares a church bulletin. It's not for your info only, okay? She prepares a church bulletin. is for our prayers. For our prayers. Do you know that in the church bulletin, every week, it is stated for us who will be preaching not only today, but who will be preaching next Sunday? And the worship leader as well. Do we even notice that? Do you know next week, Pastor... Band will be preaching, and starting today from knowing we should be on our knees, praying that the Lord, will help him and use him mightily in the preaching of the word. So the bulletin is not just for info. (laughs) The bulletin is for prayer, especially for your pastors in the preaching of the word. The theme of this passage teaches us another important lesson as well. Take the example set by the Apostle Paul, that asking for prayer is not a sign of weakness. Rather, it is a mark of dependence. Asking for prayer is not a sign of weakness. It is a mark of dependence. So Paul wasn't afraid to tell the church he needed them to pray for him. And not only that, Paul gave them some very specific things to pray about. Very specific thing. See, one of the factors that make our prayer so weak and ineffective is that we pray such generalized prayers. But the most effective intercessory prayer is targeted prayer. Look at how specific Paul was. In these two verses. Verse one, he says, pray for God's message to spread, spread rapidly. Verse two, he says, pray for God's messenger to be protected from evil men. So, this targeted prayer request, as we've seen already, has a twofold specific purpose pray for a rapid spread. As I explained already, literally running, God so to run at great speed. And for the honoring of the word of the Lord and the people responding to it and honoring it. And then for the rescue of the one who preaches the word of God from wicked and evil people. So Paul, though great as he is an apostle, is here humbling, humbly asking the church pray for us. And in so doing, I believe he set us an example for all pastors, for all church leaders, for all preachers to do the same. And so let me say that, brothers and sisters in Christ, when they do, pray, pray, pray. I personally think that we who are in Christ, the church, to pray continually as Paul had already exhorted us to way back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, especially for our pastors, for our church leaders in their work and ministry of preaching and teaching the Word of God. Because the more we pray, the more effectively they will serve. The more we pray, the more powerfully they will preach and teach the Word of God. The more we pray, the more protected they will be from evil and wicked men who are always seeking to, to render the ministry ineffective. The more we pray, the more they will have a speedy and unhindered progress as men honor it by responding in faith and in obedience to the word of God. So Pray. 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 Don't come to churches Sunday and assume that another message will be well delivered. You don't know what it is involved in preparing and preaching the word of God. You don't know the struggle and the spiritual battle that is involved. Because when once a when a pastor, a preacher wants to preach the word of God, the devil is never happy. It's not uncommon to hear pastors, not just the pastor himself, but family. Family members, the wives, the children get attacked because it is a spiritual battle. It's just paying for them. Paying them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Next. In keeping with his integrity as a man of prayer paul continues his prayer for the people verse 3 to verse 5 first he asked the church the people to pray for him the preacher now as a leader he continued to pray for the people verse 3 but the lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one we have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. In contrast of the lack of faith among some men, the wicked and evil men in verse 2, is the faithfulness of our Lord Jesus Christ in verse 3. So we encourage. That's how I'm encouraged. Never mind all these attacks that the devil may hurt at those who preach the word. Paul says in the next breath, but God, the Lord is faithful. Though many may not believe, the Lord is still to be in as being faithful to his promises. We sang a lot this morning in the theme and the faithfulness of God in our song this morning. Reminding on the faithfulness of God. You see, faith on the part of man answers to faithfulness on the part of God. Faith on the part of man answers to faithfulness on the part of God. The Lord is faithful. God is faithful not only in regard to his promises, but also to his protection. That's why he says in verse 3, protecting us from the evil one to strengthen and protect you from Satan from the evil one. The Lord is faithful. And actually verse three, verse four, verse five are interlinked. It's just a cause and effect. There's a vital emphasis that comes out of this vital truth that the Lord is faithful. There's this intimate connection, cause and effect between the key thoughts in verse three, verse four and verse five. Look with me carefully, in verse three, the emphasis is on the faithfulness of the Lord, all right, in contrast to the unbelief and the persecution of wicked and sinful men. In verse 4, the focus is on human obedience to this glorious message that is being preached. But such obedience must come from the believer's relationship with the Lord. That's why we have the phrase there in verse 4, it is in the Lord. And then in verse 5, the focus is on their growth. After you are in the Lord, because the Lord is faithful, now you grow in the love of God and you grow in the endurance for Christ. So it's always the root of our obedience and growing in discipleship in response to the word of God. Now, I don't know about you, but it probably have already struck you that verse 5 is another of Paul's benediction, isn't it? and it's so common in this episode. In fact, in this short letter of three chapters, this is the second of the three benediction. All right, there was one in chapter two, verse 16 to verse 17, as Bob uh, covered last week. We have one here, Uh, again, this morning in chapter three, verse five, and then we're gonna have another one, as Paul and his letter in chapter three, verse 16. And in this benediction, Paul prays that the risen Christ will lead the Thessalonian church into a growing appreciation of God's love for them, which will inevitably increase their love for him and for one another. And Paul also goes on to pray that he will instill a greater participation in the steadfast endurance of Christ. So Paul not only asks them to pray specifically for him, he prays also specifically for them. Okay, first he prayed that may the Lord direct your hearts into God's love. That God may direct your heart into God's love. You know, it's great to tell someone you're praying for them. But I think it is better to tell them what they're asking God to do in their lives specifically. We need to not only pray for hearts to overflow with God's love. But when we do, we need to be assured that we will then be filled with God's love to the brain, and then we'll show God's love to, those, to others in the church and to everybody uh, that God brings across our path. Because make no mistake about it. You see, a heart that is full of love will never go about living life asking, what's the meanest thing I can do to that person? <laughs> Instead, I find that if your heart is filled with the love of God, to the brain, you will always ask, What's the kindest thing that I can do to another person? What's the most loving thing that I can do? A story is told of a lady who went to check out, make payment at a grocery store. She opened her bag and she pulled out her purse. And in doing so, the cashier noticed that there was a television TV remote control in her bag and so the catcher asked do you always carry a remote control in your bag the lady responded no but my husband refused to come do grocery with me and because there's a football going on so i figured i figured taking his remote control is the meanest thing that i can do to him no no a heart that is full of love never asks what's the meanest thing i can do to somebody you see the heart, that is the of love will always ask, "What is the kindest thing that I can do?" So suppose you know, right here in church, two members who are estranged, yeah. They had a conflict; something started, and you notice that what well, they had have been talking to each other, they have been avoiding each other. What should you do? Pray. Pray. To pray means you stand between the two of them and ask God to bring them together. Never mind that you may not have the chance to literally take him by the hand and place him on the hand of the other brother. But you can pray that their hearts will overflow with love for one another. And that the Spirit of God will touch them and they will be convicted of their sin, and they will be reconciled to one another. He said, that's the most loving thing that we can do. Next, Paul prays for the believers to persevere in Christ. Paul prayed, may the Lord direct your hearts into Christ's perseverance. We need to pray for each other that we will persevere in Christ. As we all know that a Christian life is not a bed of roses perseverance means it carries the idea of endurance in the midst of our trials and difficulties it means keep running on the the race race of faith even when we grow tired and weary so again let me give you an example do you know of a church member who is weary and tired whom you need to pray for that he will not grow weary and lose heart pray pray that's what paul did he prayed for the thessalonian believers using this running metaphor of a christian life running with endurance we have the very familiar passage right in hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 to verse 2 says let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us let us fix our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for a joy set before him and endured the cross scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god consider him who endures such opposition from sinful men that you will not grow weary and lose heart we need to pray for one another to press on till the end. You know, someone who has already given up, who has quit, we have not seen him in church for the last three months, six months. I do you even notice? Pray. Pray. Best known for his devotional, My Utmost for his highest, Oxford Chambers wrote, and I quote, a Christian life is in the hands of God like a bow and arrow in the hands of an archer. God is aiming at something the Christian cannot see, but the Lord continues to stretch and strain. And every once in a while, the Christian says, I can't take it anymore, I can't take it anymore. And yet God goes on stretching until his purpose is in sight. And then he let the arrow go. And trust yourself to God's hand. Is there something in your life for which you need perseverance right now? Do you know of somebody in the church who needs prayer for perseverance right now? Maintain your intimate relationship with Jesus Christ through the perseverance of faith. Unquote. So we need to pray for the preacher. We need to pray for our people. We need to make Gelang Evangelical Free Church a house of prayer as God desired it to be. I'll close with this story. A lady was quite wealthy, but she was also quite frugal. And the neighbors were surprised when she decided to be among the first in the village to have electricity uh, installed in the house. Several weeks after PUB made the installation, the meter reader appeared at the door. He asked her if electricity was working well in the house, and she assured him it was. And he said, I'm wondering if you can explain something to me. Your meter shows little usage. Are you using your power? Certainly, she answered. Each evening when the sun sets, I turn on my lights just long enough to light my candles, and then I turn the lights off. What happened? What happened? You see, the lady had tapped into the power supply, but she wasn't using it a house was connected but not turned on don't we make the same mistake with our prayer life we believe in the efficacy of prayer we believe in the power of prayer we sing sing, sweet out of prayer but we suddenly pray beyond saying grace even if we do say grace see we are connected but we're not We may occasionally flick the switch, but most of the time we settle for shadows. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if we are ever going to make Geylang Evangelical Free Church a house of prayer as Jesus desires it to be, a sweet house of prayer. Not just a sweet out of prayer, but a sweet hour of House of prayer. We must get plugged into the powerhouse of the Lord. I suggest to us this morning, we must start praying like never before. We must start praying without ceasing. How? I suggest that individually. It must begin this individually. We must do this individually before we are to do it corporately. Individually, in our own quiet time, you know each day, each morning, as we spend time with the Lord reading His Word, we pray. While you're riding on the MRT, that's what praying while sneezing means, okay? Praying while sneezing means you pray 24-7, <laughs> you don't do anything else. No, it means in the spirit of prayer, anytime, anywhere, when you're riding the train. And those of you who drive, please don't pray because you may wreck the thing, unless you also watch and pray, lah. you to know how to watch and pray. You can pray at lunch break. You can pray before you go to bed. You can pray, as Elder Tony prayed this morning, you read it, open up the newspaper, Libya got hit by this terrible flood. Thousands lost their lives. That you pause and pray for rescue operation or relief to come, right? You, whatever you can read in the news or you hear about, you can pause and pray. I see someone struggling, you know, what, whatever need I could perceive. I pray, you know, for the person that the Lord would just help him in whatever situation uh, that uh, is going uh, my perception. So personally, I'm seizing prayer. And then corporately, when we come to our CG meeting, and corporately, as we meet on Saturday morning, do you know there's a prayer meeting going on in church on Saturday morning? And then in church on Sunday, praying for one another. It is good out there to the see tables set up. We have restored coffee fellowship. But I think it will be better if you see so many tables from time to time because of the fellowship, because of sharing of with one another. Someone says, brother, let me pray for you. And someone share with you his or her struggle. And then, then out there, we're having coffee and a grey in your hand. You pray for somebody. In a house of prayer, therefore, we see prayer saturating every aspect of individual and corporate church life. We must begin to pray like never before. If we are going to make Yelang EFC a house of prayer. So as I said at the beginning, prayer can then therefore not be no longer be a help line. As some of us do <laughs> when we need help, it's an emergency. We call on God. When prayer is supposed to be a lifeline, it's supposed to be an ongoing thing, supposed so to be praying without ceasing. Let us pray. Our Gracious Assembly Father, I pray that you'll find Geylang EFC a house of prayer any time the church gathers for worship, any time a CG meets for fellowship and for building one another up, and any time and every time that a church member prays in his closet as we pray and give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.